Se botaba el Meji. Balón para el Chucky a puerta. Le puede pegar Lozano. Esto puede ser. Urbelín. Chucky a puerta. And with that, we are kicking off episode 305 of La Cantina MX. Welcome, everybody. I know our ongoing listeners are freaking out because we didn't have a Tuesday episode, but I promise we will make it up for you uh, tonight with these two amazing qualifying games for Mexico. We're going to talk all about that tonight. And uh, oh boy, I feel like I've missed out a lot. Uh, before I go any further, let's welcome Joel. Joel to the podcast. How we doing? I'm doing good, man. Never, never lost faith. I'm, I always in Martino. I always been a Tata believer since day one, and uh, I knew he would, he would strike. You, I, I, you know, that was because of that draw at home at the Azteca against Canada, and and. A lot of people freaked out. It made it seem like it was like it's never happened before. When if we look at the history of, you know, partidos, eliminatorias, it's happened before. <laughs> so it's you know fans overreacting. They go with the talking points. Actually, my first game there at Azteca that I attended, it was a zero-zero against Honduras, that Honduras could have won. Um, they hit the post, like, almost, I think almost at the end of the match. But it was a 0-0 draw. I think it was a 3 Gold Cup. Oh, wow. Pretty sure. But, I mean, you know, and we've seen U.S. take a draw there and whatnot. So, uh, uh, you know, fans are overly demanding, Jaime. Overly demanding. We're already hanging my my tata for for uh, not being able to beat Canada. Yeah, you know it's funny on the uh, Twitter handle today, uh, like a couple minutes, I would say like thirty minutes before the match kicked off against Honduras. I just wanted to take everyone's temperature, and and we put a, a poll. You know, should we fire Tata Martino? I think if we had done this right after the game uh, against. Um, Canada, Tata would have probably got like you know, most people would have said yes, and then he would have been in the first plane back to a Cesar, <laughs> and then yeah, and then uh, I you know I was checking, and right before kickoff, it was at about fifty two percent yes, and right now <laughs> I'm checking it, and it's sixty two sixty two percent of the people said no, no, we're not going to fire Tata. So a lot of a lot of flip flopping going on, and uh, you know we've had Juan uh, Cascarita Legend and and myself. You know we kind of lurk the 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 Liga MX uh, subreddit, and you know people are just going on this like you know, like they're scared and complaining and saying that you know he's not the right man for the job and how things were so much better with Ricardo Osorio and it's just like come on man like chill bro we haven't lost you know. Yeah, and Osorio, Osorio, um, he, his, his first, I think it was before the hexagonal, so the first, 
the first round in Mexico place. And then they, the media was just blowing smoke of everyone's ass. Uh, Mexico wins in Honduras and they're like, uh, first win in 11 years. And it's like, well, in that stadium, you know? Yeah. Because <laughs> they hadn't played in that stadium. They had won in Honduras, just not in that stadium. And those are the type of talking points that the media will focus on. And, and it stays with, with a lot of the fans that, they won't bother to dig up, you know, it's like, uh, it's in the moment. And I think that's things like that is what ends up influencing fans to be so just kind of erratic. I'm going to say the way they are, where they feel that the team is not good enough. Yeah. And you know, I get it. You're at home. You're in El Azteca. This is your fortress. You're playing against Canada. You get the go ahead goal. 21st minute by Jorge Sanchez. And then right before halftime, Jonathan Osorio ties the game up 1-1. Tata, you know, fails to make adjustments. And we end up drawing against Canada, which is a respectable side. I mean, they're also the only other team uh, that remain undefeated in uh, the, well, it used to be the hexagonal. So what is it, octagonal now? Um, So, yeah, they are the only team that remain undefeated along with Mexico. So we knew this going into qualifiers that, you know, this isn't the same Canada team from, you know, four years ago or eight years ago. Like this is there's some players on there that are really talented. Uh, They're going to be doing this joint uh, hosting with us and the United States. And we know that Canada is really pushing hard to uh, to get into the World Cup. And and, you know, they did a great job. They held us to a draw. Uh and, uh, you know, again, everybody starts hopping on and going on Twitter and saying, you know, this is not good. And, you know, Mexico's struggling and all this and that. Uh, but what happened today? Today, Mexico handled Honduras quite comfortably, a 3-0 victory. Uh, Sebastián Córdoba, Rogelio Fallas, not today. He didn't fire. It was Rogelio Funes Mori. And then, of course, El Chucky Lozano to, to get a, a bow tie on this thing, 3-0. And uh, a quite, I think, uh, convincing performance by Mexico. And uh, I think everybody can relax a little bit after seeing seeing this victory and seeing us on top, 11 points, number one, no losses. Uh, USA actually lost today to Panama. So they remain in second place with eight points. Panama with eight points. Canada with seven. If this was to end as of today, these would be the four teams that have uh, made it. So... Uh, Everything's fine, guys. Everything's fine again. All is well in the world. And I think that was a big part of um, seeing seeing, um, seeing, uh, the U.S. because they they had um, bumped Mexico down. Yeah, they did. So I think after after the Canada game, the U.S. won. They beat Jamaica, I believe, and then they went up. They went up, and and it is crazy. Fans still, still like um, freaking out, even though the team's the team is in second place. Um, you know, and I was reading some of those comments that you talked about. People were saying it was a good thing if Mexico missed out on Qatar, and I'm thinking, dude, team is in second place. How are you know, how are you seeing that? That they're like you would think they're they're that they're performing like Honduras. 
Yeah. That is like losing points at home. They lost, uh, you know, they lost to the U.S. pretty bad. Yeah, which they is did. What kick, kick, that's what kick. That's what turned it around for them because the U.S. had. Uh, yeah, they started. They weren't doing so good. They started off slow. And they had all these. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had all these injuries. They had to play with reservas. They were missing some of their key players, and uh, that's when we saw Pepin. You know, he stepped up. And then he stepped up against Jamaica, and then all of a sudden, U.S. is in first. Yeah. And uh, but the region's always been like that. It's 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 not surprising. Nothing that's going on. It's surprising, you know. It's it's just keeping track of what the teams are doing. And I think Mexico fans were pretty like um, I don't know if conceited is the right word. But we don't we don't like care about the rest of the teams, uh, so we don't like guy yeah, who cares. It, they just suck, and that's that. And so we won't like keep track of what's going on with them, of uh, you know how they're working or, or what's going on with that group of players and whatnot. I, I think if the U.S., for example, if if all those young guys weren't playing abroad in Europe, they wouldn't have. Um, put much stock into that team, but because you saw these names test with Barca and what's his face with Juve and, and, you know, you had all these guys and all of a sudden everyone's like impressed. And, and it's, I always said it, they don't need to, you know, just, they're not good because they're in those teams, you know, they're in those teams because they're good. They would eventually um, wound up, wound up over there. And so I wouldn't be surprised, even if they were playing in MLS, they would have been, you know, they would still have been good players. And and that's same with Canada, we'll, we'll discredit them. But it's been, and we talked about this a few pods back, how they've been investing in their, you know, investing a lot in, in their program, how they have teams in MLS, but they have their own league as well. Um, you know, just to bring out more players and and that they're that they're going to be one of the hosts and and bringing the world cup to their country so obviously that that takes a lot of planning and you know investing and so again we shouldn't be surprised that that they're that they're doing well and we've you know and that's just one of the teams that that's up there right now in the past we've seen be it costa rica or or honduras even jamaica where they They'll put together a good program, and they'll they'll get favorable results. And so Panama's been the late, one of the latest ones since they started their whole, you know, uh, investing. That's the that's the that's the key word. I'm like uh, I don't know if you ever saw Pee Wee Pee Wee's Playhouse when they said a word, everyone had to scream. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but um, so that was the same thing. Panama they started investing in their program bringing in all these Colombian coaches, sending their players to Colombia. You know, they're pretty much border each other. And um, damn, they ended up qualifying to the, you know, to the World Cup. They ended up playing Gold Cup final. And right now they're, they beat the U.S. So, um, and which is something that didn't just happen. Uh, they came close to beating them when when they almost knocked the Mexico out. That's right. That uh, That's where they're, they were noobs. They were noobs. They didn't know how to kill the, you know, kill the clock. 
no, no supieron hacer tiempo en, en they ended up biting them in the ass. But if you saw like the following qualifier, they had like a similar game where they were winning or they had the, the point they needed. And uh, I remember a ball went off sides and I saw like a ball boy make a fast sprint for it because one of the opposing team players was going to grab it. And then instead of getting in the ball, he just kicks it further down. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, someone's been teaching them. They yeah. finally, you know, and this dude, this happens in Brazil, Argentina. This happens all over the world. And it's just things you do to, to you know, start making more time and, and getting the other team to be, begin getting desperate. Um, <clears throat> so that's what we're watching. I think Mexico's been doing well. Like Tata's whole, if you look at his whole win, his whole, um, you know, win-loss, his whole ratio, it's very favorable. Uh, people might not like how the, the tricolor is playing, but that, again, that always happens because it's not always tactics. I, I think that's, for me, that's been one of the mistakes that, that fans make. And again, I go with the, you know, the media with, you know, programs like Fútbol Picante and whatnot because they're, they're going to find something to make, you know, clickbait. And I think always they always go for tactics, oh the tactics and blah blah. But a lot of times it's the players, they're just they're just not going through a good moment. And it's gonna reflect in the country. And it don't matter what tactics you have, the player is just if he's not on, he's not on. And we've seen it with many players. And so there are a few that aren't playing good and seeing criticisms on like Ache Ache and Guardado. Funes Mori was another one. And so that, that, but you know, that's where the call for the, for the, um, for the manager, because it's like, do you just boot them right now and hope the next guys are going to perform better? Or do you hang on to these guys? And then hopefully by the time the World Cup kicks in, they're back in, you know, they're back in form. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. I I just feel like maybe it's because of the times, the internet, everything's like instant gratification, and it makes mm-hmm. everybody very very fickle and very you know, they make impulsive decisions, and that's just like the way we we live now. And you've seen it in the in the world of football, like coaches have a very short leash now, but I don't think that your couch fan or your couch coach understands the process that goes into number one picking the coach and then what's going on behind the scenes that we don't know about how well they gel with the players how well they have things going on actually you know like Tata's a, a very accomplished coach I mean it's not like anybody can just yeah. coach you know Barcelona and uh, Argentina. <laughs> and Argentina so it's like come on man like yeah. this guy's like respect the process I know and you know, I don't think I've ever seen any proceso be respected. There's always been complaints, even with Juan uh, Cambio Sosorio. Everybody complained about how he never had the same lineup twice. And you know, when when we qualified to the World Cup, it was a completely stress free uh, qualifier. We didn't we didn't run into any bumps. We only lost once. Uh, Mexico ended up with uh, six wins, three draws, one loss. Keep in mind, this is back when it was just six teams. Now there's eight teams. So there's going to be more matches. Uh, but Mexico already uh, a third of the way into this qualifier. They're sitting on top. They haven't lost any matches. And, you know, I mean, what more do you want? 
<laughs> what more do you want? I don't understand what people want. Uh, they just, again, a, a lot of this stuff gets pumped up, you know, they, they blow smoke up people's ass, and then as fans, we tend to just remember the good times. We'll forget. I still have, I still read about fans, you know, wanting La Volpe, you know, they were praising him. And if we were to do an analysis of, you know, how he did, it's not as good as people claim, but they remember like the match against people, Germany at the Confederaciones. Yeah. Nos- uh, nostalgia is one hell of a Cup. drug. It is, but they forget that La Volpe never was never able to win a second round game outside of Mexico. He never won it, not in Olympics. He, he was eliminated Olympic team group stage. Um, and then Gold Cup, the second one, because he played all three. And then I think it was 05. They didn't make it past the second round. Um, and then at the World Cup, again, you know, no quinto partido, uh, same at the Confederaciones. And and so you want that dude where he, what, just because he there was two games where the team looked really good? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen this movie, White Man Can't Jump. I don't think but I've seen it, but I know of it, yeah. Uh, you you need to watch that one. I miss, must, must see is with uh, Wesley Snipes and um, uh, God damn, what's this dude? Uh, what's that dude's name? He, he was in True Detective the first season. And Woody. He was, he was in some, yes, Woody Harrelson. And they were, they were like a two-on-two tournament. And they would like play like hustle games. Uh huh. And then, um, well, there's this quote that always stuck to me. And Woody is criticizing uh, Wesley and he's saying, You rather look good and lose mm. than look bad and win. And that's like, that's kind of tricolor fans right there. Mm-hmm. They, they'll be happy if the team plays good. You know, the old, the old Mexico saying, um, Jugamos como nunca, perdimos como siempre. That's right. And because the media used to like sort of like, you know, they had to focus on something and it was like, oh, they played so good, you know, mm-hmm. even though we lost, but, but the game was like outstanding. And that's sort of like, it's, it's still there, you know, and you see it a lot, especially with my Chi hermanos and Matias Almeida as a whole, as the whole focus, because there was these games where they're just, that's all they remember, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. I, I, I totally agree with that. I think we'd like to romanticize like that 98 team and, you know, Luis Hernandez with his long hair and, you know, scoring, oh, yeah, scoring four goals in a world cup. Like I get it, man. That, like, and they that, say that's that perfect romanticizing though. Jaime. Yeah. The Jersey, the, even the Jersey. Yeah. Still, everybody thinks like, yeah, everybody, everybody <sighs> thinks that like that team is like, you know, like we're always like trying to, compare every every other team after to that team about how they had balls and how they played with you know passion and you know they sweat for the shirt and all that and like don't get me wrong like that was my first world cup and i that's it's a very deep memory for me but at the same time like that kind of stuff like you put those guys in a football game now and i honestly think that they would get outclassed because the game has changed like it's it's more iq now it's it's a little bit more sophisticated than it used to be um and that's just how it is that's just how the game has changed like i was watching the pele 
um, you know, biography on Netflix and I was watching some <laughs> of the highlights. I'm like, come on, bro. These guys are like semi-pro at best, bro. You're like, I could have played there. I could have played was, there, bro. It, this is a joke. It, well, I call it a joke, but it was it was semi-pro in many aspects. Um, and and the, the players weren't, as athletes, they were, they're nowhere near what. They were like smoking the, cigarettes the, the, at they, halftime and drinking beer and shit. Like, come on, dude. <laughs> like, you can't be doing that nowadays. Those, those, are, those are the glory days, though, Jaime. <laughs> Who would not want to play like that? You show up semi-drunk <laughs> like we do that on sundays dog we, we do that we do time. that i do that with my cuñalo and his friends like, like imagine getting paid yeah <laughs> like we talk but, about the campionissimo era from chivas and they used to take shots of tequila before every match like oh they do yeah there's a bar in there's in, a uh, bar in jalisco where the, the campionissimos used to go and liquor up <laughs> uh, i mean i wouldn't touch the campionissimo though i i <laughs> I would not go there. Though. You, you, you don't want to sully that memory. Um. <laughs> uh, we have a uh, quick, quickly. Has already YouTube comments coming in from you know our most dedicated fan Ricardo. Uh, he's saying that uh, Tata has blood on his hands. He's letting the owners dictate the roster, like in the past. Gallardo, Chaca, Moreno, Araujo don't need to be playing on this team. Uh, he says Chavarres deserves his shot, and so does Omar Govea. Omar Govea's not even being like looked at, and he plays in in Europe. So yeah, I'm with that. I understand the frustration. Yeah, there, there is a lot of truth to that. It just comes with it, it comes, you know, with the package. Uh, I don't know if you ever during COVID. During COVID, there was a YouTube. From uh, YouTube, uh, they were doing like uh, interviews on YouTube, uh, or I don't know if it was on YouTube, but you could find them on YouTube. Uh-huh. Uh, Martinoli, Martinoli was doing like he would sit and talk with players and whatnot. Oh, really? Kind of shooting the shit. Yeah, some good stuff. And they had one with Campos, and he was asking them why why he never took up coaching. Oh. And he said because I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want like have players and whatever imposed on me. Mm. And and you know and then when the team does bad I take the fall. Oh, okay. So there is that going yeah. on. Yeah, it's it's always gone, and it's 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 always because of sponsorship and money and all that stuff. Is you know so it's like marketability, right? Marketability is that what it is? Yeah, and and you need to have like that as well. Like if you you want to have like if like, you have a you know you want to have because you know it's the club owners. Uh, so if you you want your club to be represented, like, at least have someone one or two in the in the selection. Do you, do you do you want to go into a Walmart and on a Bud Light poster you see a little Indio, or do you want to go into a Walmart and and the Bud Light thing you see a cutout of uh, El Buki, aka Ricardo uh, Pizarro, you know, or R- Rodolfo Pizarro? Sorry. You know, because Pizarro, who's like, <laughs> well, you know, I'm just, I'm being very, like, I'm being very blunt. But what I'm saying is, like, there's the markability, the image rights, all that stuff. You look at, uh, yeah. look at Pizarro. He hasn't done anything. He gets called up because he looks like he's a, he's a, he's a good looking dude and he's marketable and he has the MLS thing. And you know, Govea, nobody, no one really knows who he is. And he plays in Europe and he should get a, he should get a, an opportunity. But it's, it's it comes with. The territory and your agent and all that. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it. Yeah, deal. 
and the club, the club owners too, because they have a say. Um, there was the other one um, from his book, I believe, Sven Goran Eriksson. Yeah. Uh, and he talked about like how Vergara would make some weird ass requests, you know, for the selection. And, you know, he's just <laughs> going up to Sven and talking about what hotel they're going to stay and things like that. Um, and so, you know, that gives us a bit of a window to how how that stuff is managed. So a lot of managers, they're like, ah, oh, fuck it, you know, I don't, at least give me these five players, <laughs> you know, give, give me 10 and then I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys choose the other five or whatever. But yeah, it does, it does happen a lot. When in 98, if we go back to 98, Campos wasn't doing so good and he ended up going over Adolfo Rios. Mm. Adolfo Rios had been, he had been on fire, man. It was, it was. Um, was he playing for Nicaxa at the time? He played at Veracruz. I don't know if he was in Nicaxa. I know he. I, I know he. He I got don't know his. If he was in Nicaxa. No, because he played. But I remember that. Yeah, he was. Uh, so 1990 to 1997 Veracruz, and then Nicaxa 1997 to 1999, and then he okay. ended up. Yeah, he ended up in America after. But I remember, yes. like, I remember Rios and that Nicaxa team. Yeah. And and I was upset when he ended up in America because uh the coach was La Puente who left him mm. out and he he was one of the key players and they won they won the league. And I was like, Oh man, dude <laughs> You you know, just shows how good he was. But yeah, they left him out and he could have gone as as I don't I don't know if he went, but I know he he could have been the starter. I have to see the I have to see the, the the list, but I know he wasn't the starter. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why probably I'm thinking he didn't go, but he deserved it because in the run up to the to the thing, he was just on fire, and Campos had just been playing poorly. Uh, I don't think he made the cut, man. Nah, even worse. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to find the roster, and I can't. I don't see his name. Uh, Jorge Campos. Uh, did they only take like one goalie? Oscar Perez. No. Conejo. Yeah. Osvaldo. Wait, Osvaldo Sanchez. Yeah. Yeah. See, and it's it's again, it comes to damn Osvaldo was a ninety-eight. No shit. I didn't and, know that. And see what clubs they're playing at, and that that also carried weight. You know, we want to have when when people are putting the Panini stickers. In the book, uh-huh. it's gonna say, it's gonna say Cruz Azul or whatever, and that you know stuff like that. They want the club associated with the selection because it, it, yeah, you know, just brings prestige and markability, like you said, and all of that. And it is a business at the end of the day. It costs money. We were just talking about uh, keyword of the day investments, and that's that's the people that invest in it, you know. And, mm-hmm. and selection and all of that stuff. Uh, it's their players that you know, like players get injured, and then the selection or FIFA won't pay for them. You know, it's the club that will lose out if someone someone gets cracked. Yeah, uh, yeah, like Cuauhtémoc, you know, against Trinidad and Tobago when he and so Elcock busted his ankle, or I forgot he, he yeah give him a planchazo. <laughs> yeah, he destroyed. His oh name. man, yeah, 
Yeah, so I mean, <clears throat> they don't get any. I think they give you like a, just like a fruit basket. I think they give you like something like just some petty cash or something, <laughs> but not nothing compared to if you were to lose the whole play. You know, mm-hmm. you imagine the player's worth ten million just to throw a number. You lose him in 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 a eliminatoria. That's it. You can't sell him. Nothing. You're probably stuck paying his wages for the next three years. <laughs> so I mean, you know, those are some of the risks. But but yeah. Long story short, to give you with Ricardo, that's I think that's a lot of coaches that ultimately have to do that. Um, you know, have to bring in players and just for sponsorships and other 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 reasons looks like Ricardo's a big fan of Alolfo Rios he says Alolfo Rios over any other Liga Mekis goalkeeper in history um oh, I don't know if I'll go that far oh watch watch him watch him in the Copa America game and when they had Romario and um Ronaldo, the the original Ronaldo, phenomenal uh, man. He did not let Ronaldo score, man. I yeah. think that's the. I think, I think Ronaldo never did score on Max. Ah, that's actually that's a really good trivia question. I do believe it though. And I don't. I have to wonder how many games uh, was up against Rios, but. That game, man. That he, he in one in one play, he blocked back to back shots from Romario and Ronaldo. Wow. He, he would just he would just do the Cristo, what they call it, where they just like you yeah. slide out and mm-hmm. you stretch your hands, and that at that point it's sort of like you know they're gonna kick the ball at you. Mm-hmm. Like that takes some nuts. If you've ever been a goalie, and you see the dudes about to like just kick it. And you just pretty much throw your body like in front, like taking one for the team. And I remember him doing a lot, that mm. a lot. I, I did it once just to see what it was. <laughs> <laughs> I, I might have done it twice. Once it hit me in the shoulder. Yeah. And then another time in the face. I think I stopped. <laughs> I think I stopped. I used to play goalkeeper from time to time when I was a kid. And yeah. You you definitely sacrifice your body a lot. Oh but, yeah, you um, you end up getting hit. Yeah, it definitely takes a special kind of person to be a goalkeeper. Like that's that's a tough gig, and you know if you mess up, it's like you're under in a you know huge microscope because everything's just magnified when you make a mistake, a blunder. So you know it's just one of those things. I mean, um, Igita in, in the World Cup in '94, right? He he had like a big blunder against the U.S. and Colombia lost, and you know they blamed it on him. That was Tigita. Yeah. No, I, I think he. Ninety four. No, it was uh, Cordova. Cordova was the coach, the coach, the goalie. Tigita did the blunder in World Cup Italy ninety. Oh. Where he tried to come out playing, and uh, the Cameroon guy, man, I forget his name. He was like the oldest player to play in the World Cup. He's like forty something, Roger Miller, I think. Oh, Roger Miller. He steals the ball from he steals the ball from him and he scores. Oh wow! Yeah, I think Oscar Cordova. I think that was his name. He was the goalie for 
for uh, in '94. Huh. Milla versus Iguita. Yeah, I'm trying to find the clip here. He's uh, dude. Iguita's playing like in the midfield. What is he doing? Oh, he tried. He to would cut. always play up there, dude. He cut in he was... and then yeah, he just took the ball right from him. Damn. He would. He would do that. I, uh, you know, Campos was the other guy that would do that. And there was another Argentine from a few years back. I, for, names forgetting. Um, but they would, they would, some of the first to be playing that high up. That's why I remember there was a goalie in Europe, I forgot where, and they were trying to say how he was revolutionizing the game because he, he was like playing further up. And I was like, what the fuck are they talking about? This? <laughs> like, it's, like it's never been done before. Mm. Andres yeah, Escobar, own goal, 94. Oh, I remember that Andres Escobar. Yeah, yeah. he slid. Yeah, he, he did like a slide and he kicked the ball past the goalie. Yeah, and then they end up killing him. Yeah, he went. Well, he went back like straight away. Yeah, and he was he went to a bar, and that's back when the narco stuff was. Oh yeah, was big and I, I well from what I heard and that was you're going way back to. 94 but that it was like some dude that had he had bet like a lot of money and you know they're playing the u.s which yeah. is like they were just the host they didn't really have players that you, you could say were like well known or like world class or or you know they're just pretty average mm-hmm. uh, i say that with all due respect <laughs> um and so yeah he i guess he expected an easy win and they ended up losing We have some more comments. Power hungry owners destroys Mexico's chances of ever doing anything good. And uh, oh. and uh, now with Liam Mekis uh, joining MLS in the League's Cup, uh, Mexico well, will be doomed. Yeah. <laughs> but Mexico has done good. They have two under-17s. They have an Olympic gold. They have a Confederaciones. Uh, second yeah. team... Besides Brazil, to in what is it five six consecutive World Cups, and and just going to six consecutive World Cups, you know. Let me let me use my fingers to count how many years that is. <laughs> Twenty almost thirty years of straight World Cup, man. That's a lifetime for a lot of people. And there's teams that hey, it'll take them years to get back. Peru that recently went. They hadn't qualified since what, like 1970 or I something know, like that's that. Crazy. So, be glad you're not becoming an old man and not seeing World Cup soccer. I know. <laughs> if you're a Me- and you get to go, and dude, a lot of people have fun at the World Cup. So it's not just the team; it's the experience of being in another country, yeah. hanging out with a bunch of fans and doing this madre, and you get a week. You get at least four games, dude. You you guys are spoiled. <laughs> you I don't know. know how good you have it. Uh, but don't be that quinto partido with the World Cup going to, like, what, 60 teams? <laughs> I know. No, wait. It's, 48. No, not even because it's, what, three games now instead of four? It's three. Uh, well, it's groups of three. 
Yeah, chances are though you get like some weak sauce team. Yeah, like you you play like um, I don't know. Throw me throw me someone there, Jaime. You'll get Angola or something. Yeah, the, you'll get like China. And Angola who la volpe tied at zero gold. Oh man, yeah, that was a tough. That was one of the worst World Cups, I think, for Mexico. That was pretty bad. Yeah, no, I, I think we we expect a bit more. Like, <laughs> we don't give credit to what Mexico's done. It's not easy. Like, and they've maintained themselves at like top sixteen. They've been a top sixteen team for since ninety four. Mm-hmm. You know where they, you know, based on you know just FIFA rankings and but not just FIFA rankings. Even if you look at World Cup, when they do like how the teams finished. And Mexico's been like 16th, 13th, and that's that's impressive. You know, there's over there's what like 200 teams on FIFA, yeah. but even very few teams, even European teams, consistently rank that high. So I mean, so yeah, like, I know where's the disconnect then? Where where do we hold ourselves like higher than we should be? Like that's I think that's the problem with with us is like. We've been consistent for so long, but we haven't progressed. You look at countries like Croatia and Belgium that, you know, I mean, Croatia is a great example um, because we eliminated them from the World Cup and then they end up going to a final against France. And they're a very small country. And then you look at like Belgium, they've had this like golden era, but they haven't been able to win any silverware. So it's like, I don't understand like where the entitlement comes from. Is it just because we're in a region that we are like the kings and, you know, because we're a king, we expect to like have a, a, a decent World Cup. But I don't know where like this this entitlement comes from. Like, I think Mexico could be on its best day, like a top 10 nation. And in a World Cup, I think that they could probably end up in a quarterfinal, maybe a semifinal if they get lucky. But I mean, do we really produce enough talent and consistent results to demand a world cup trophy like that is such a hard thing to do and i think the expectations are just so unrealistic you kind of have to know that you're a six you're not a 10 you're not hot <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was this it's a bit difficult to make that comparison with like croatia you know without knowing like a, a lot of their history and whatnot so i think that's a mistake too to see some other country and be like, oh, they were able to do it, uh, you know. But seeing like what's close by region, you did see Costa Rica have a, a good tournament. Yeah. And sometimes it's just luck. Sometimes you get you get the rivals that that end up, you know, suiting you, and and they're, you know. But it's it's too much stuff to like just pin it on one thing. But lack of talent has always been there. I do think uh, if, if we do see where the owners did do damage is that I would say when they said, okay, open the floodgates for more extranjeros and we go from 80 to 160 or whatever. And now it's like less and less Mexican players to choose from. And it, that that will hurt the team, you know, because I do think, and we've seen it like just from the past of some of these teams where they could do just just as good with with more Mexican talent. You you don't need 
you don't need to field eight, you know, foreigners to have a team playing really good. Yeah, and th- that's a thing too. It's like we, it's it's like such a contradictory thing. Like, oh, we should be advancing. We should be better. We should, you know, be fighting for silverware, which I do agree on. At the same time, you won't even support the Mexicans that we do have, or the clubs <laughs> that that value uh, a youth academy, or you know, a, a a team that happens to line up with eleven Mexicans every single week. It's like. You have to be able to take responsibility and say, hey, man, you're part of the problem. You're over here lining up with, like, too many extranjeros. You guys need to start, you know, like... Yeah, well, you know, you know, I'm going to say this other thing. For Mexico competing at the international stage, uh, especially the way they do now, it's recent, you know, because for many years they didn't really have much... They just had like the gold cup, uh, you know, which was an old format. And it's, it's you know, region has always been pretty unstable. So that, that hurt them too, that they didn't have big rivals to challenge them. But even then they weren't con- that consistent. Uh, you know, Mexico missed out on two World Cups from getting knocked out in the eliminatorias, uh, 74 and... And uh, which one is it? Seventy four and eighty two. So that's pretty close to each other. Seventy four, they they get eliminated. Seventy eight, finish last place. Eighty two, get eliminated again. Eighty six, they host. That's where they go. And then nineteen ninety, Cachirules, they don't go. So I mean, if you were watching soccer from back then, oh, those yeah. were dark times. You're crying now because they're in second place. Imagine, yeah, exactly. going through that through that period from '74 to to what '90. That's like what twenty something, twenty years or whatever. Yeah, you you'll be bitter. You would. That's why they call it uh, la decepción nacional. Uh, that was the that was the term. Or ratoncitos verdes. You know, that's where all that stuff came from back then. Uh, Another disappointment, and and a lot of the older, especially the older football picante and whatnot, they went through that. That's why a lot of them, those dudes, are still bitter. <laughs> they, just, <laughs> they haven't forgotten, dude. It still stings. Um, yeah, man. And um, but but going back, the consistency since '94 is when they've been consistently playing. And then around the same time, they started playing Copa America, which they don't play anymore. But then they started playing these other tournaments that popped up, like Confederaciones, which doesn't get played anymore. <laughs> mm. But but even the youth tournaments, because before Mexico, it's like almost like I don't I don't know if they cared, or it was much of a big deal. But they didn't put that much stock into like going to the Olympics or the under 17 or under 20, mm-hmm. you know? You, you, and so that's been fairly recent where you started seeing all of that, um, you know? And so, so then you would see them doing good at like a youth tournament. And then, so it's like, that's where some of the expectations came from. Oh, they won the under 17 golden generation. They should, you know, they're gonna yeah 
they should transcend gonna, at the at the senior level, and you know that was the case. Which is a big mistake, yeah. Because even before that, you saw Nigeria was like a powerhouse at like under seventeen, under twenty. Portugal, and then they didn't they didn't really do much at the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Nigeria even won the Olympics. They beat also Brazil. because those dudes were not under seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> like like the kid from Real Salt Lake. Yeah, we were we were talking about this kid from Real Salt Lake made his debut at thirteen. I'm like, this dude is not thirteen, dog. There's no uh, way. I believe it, Jaime. There's he's no huge. way, bro. He looks like he's six one. Yeah, he doesn't look like a thirteen year old, but I I believe it. <laughs> yeah. I buy it. I buy it. Yeah. <laughs> so how how do you feel about Ricardo Pepe? You know, he's Mexican American, grew up on the border between Paso and Juarez and he decides to, to suit up for the national team ends up scoring uh, a very big goal in the qualifier, then scores two more against Jamaica. And uh, this happened to happen at the same time that, you know, Mexico was struggling to score against Canada. And are we, you know, people are having this like buyer's remorse, like, Oh, he should have picked Mexico over USA. And I'm like, dude, this dude wouldn't even be playing in qualifiers. If he had picked Mexico, like, it just goes yeah, to show right. the the depth chart between the states and and Mexico. It's like, dude, this guy wouldn't even be on the map in Mexico. Like, I think he made the right yeah. choice. <laughs> no, he did. He did. And um, but you're right about that. And not just not just because of the depth, but also as we talked earlier, the politics. Well, you know, which team is he in, and is there people that are going to care to give him that chance? You know. Or is the coach going to fight for it and, and bring him in? You know, that's that's why a lot of times when they end up, I don't know if you noticed, when they um, when they boot out a coach, a lot of times the new coach comes in and it's almost a, almost a whole different squad. Mm. And if, if you pay attention a lot of times, who were some of the teams that were like pushing to get someone out? And then you see what players are now being represented sort of gives you a hint of how that how a lot of that stuff works. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, there's yeah, no, I, there's uh there's that and then there's a player that just announced that he's gonna switch to Mexico. Uh Julian Araujo. Uh he says my mi corazón está con Mexico and then the rest he's just talking in English. I'm like Did he even need to do that? I mean Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, who? Trying to come. <laughs> I didn't even know who he was. Like, why? Why are you making? Why are you making uh, tweets about why you chose? There was also why you made that decision. There was also David Ochoa who also, you know, chose Mexico, and and it's funny. As soon as he posted that, and you know, on the Athletic, uh, I go to cover uh, uh, San Jose Real Salt Lake uh, match, and he's the starting goalkeeper, and Chofis just scores three on him. Como si nada. <laughs> And I'm like, dog, oh, you ain't getting called up if you're gonna have these kind of performances, man. It, it was trophies, though. <laughs> the trophies it, effect. It's it, it's forgiven. It's, it's, you know, <laughs> in any other striker, then you could you could. Uh, it's it's an on fire trophies. His, his power levels are over nine thousand. <laughs> I, I think <laughs> I think with with Pepe, I think you know. And I was telling Chiquis because he's you know. He hates on pochos. And I was like, there's there's bound to be one that's going to break. 
is going to break the mold and end up doing good. And so I would want that because if it raises a profile, you know, that means they're going to start looking for more, more players, more, uh, you know, Mexican Americans. Yeah, it should open the door and it's, it's a big community and we seem to like hate on each other. <laughs> it's like, uh, I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, Ocho cangrejos. I don't know. But if, if, if that dude does, I mean, we've been seeing it where they've competed. Um, Mexico and U.S. competed for talent. And, but we haven't had a player that was like, that transcended or that was like, became like. And that's what I'm saying. Um, it's like, name me the ones that were eligible to play for Mexico, ended up picking the United States, and then we ended up, like, really getting affected. None. There has been no player that has no, made yeah. that move, and we've actually had to, like, eat crow. None of these players are at the world-class <laughs> level. And until that happens, then, I mean, we're not going to – And it's like, it's not a big deal. I don't think it's a big well, deal. See, I'm, I am hoping it happens with this Pepe guy. I'm hoping he – he, um, you know, Pepe doesn't sound Mexican. It, it's Pepino or something, but <laughs> I didn't think he was, you know. But I do, I do hope, I do hope that he, he's, you know, I was using that comparison earlier, the one, um, the one when Arnold was talking about how no one could bench press the 500, and then after the first dude managed to do it, you had a whole, you know, a bunch of guys. Uh-huh. Now they've gone over, they've gone over that. And so that's that's my expectation that I see that one Pocho gets over the fence and you're gonna have a bunch more after that, you know, coming through. That makes sense. I mean, uh, at this pace, if he continues this trajectory, he'll probably end up in Europe. Um, and good for him. And uh, you know, make make us regret the decision, Pepe. Do something crazy. <laughs> but until now, we got uh, Rogelio Funes Mori. Thank you very much. <laughs> Uh, we got some comments Kevin Rivera says first I'll take it even though uh, you aren't the first one to hop on Uh, Ricardo has some more comments about Liga MX owners he says they're back at it again Jaime Mexico is petrified of giving young players a chance on the national team no one tell Tata that Spain has two 17 year olds in their national uh, team starting 11 and uh he says, let's be honest, Pepe went with the U.S. because he has a better chance of going to Europe that way. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, but also, like you said, Jaime, it's, I mean, it's true, but part of it is because he was going to get the playing time, which he's getting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Mexico, he would have gotten it just because there's that hierarchy and, and whatnot, more depth. So it would have been more difficult for him to get to get as much playing time. He would have probably just seen a few minutes here and there. I know that uh, if you check the receipts, yes, the states have exported more players to Europe, but you know it's a little bit easier. Um, but I agree. Yeah, they, they I practically I, send them for free. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like... But I, I'll say it like, look, man, if you're lighting it up you'll end up in europe dude like we're, we're in the world of like the internet and anybody can find clips of you like if you're if you're killing it like you will get the call and that happened to chicharito that happened to you know 
Hota Hota Macias, even though he had to like basically beg to leave Chivas. But you know, if you're if you're killing it, you're you're gonna get you're gonna get the 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 nod, the the opportunity to go to Europe. That's how I feel about it. Yeah, I mean, if you if that's something you want to do, then yeah. you just for those players, it's just doing the sacrifice. That's the other part, because like Pizarro, if he took a deal. You know, where he's like, all right, I'll go to Chivas. And then he's going for X amount of money and high wages. Yeah. Then, you know, he 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 um he didn't do the sacrifice where he, he should have known, all right, if I'm being sold at 17 million, there's no way Chivas is going to let me go for anything less. Um, so at that point, it's like, yeah, you're not going to Europe till that contract expires. Exactly. So then that's that's where you do the sacrifice and you're like, you know, I'm not, I won't transfer. I'll stay, I'll stay here in Monterrey, you know, until my contract ends and then I'll go somewhere else. Um, no, wait, no, he was in Monterrey, Pachuca. I mean, what am I talking about? He would say, I mean, I'm staying in Pachuca and then um, I let my contract end and then I'll sign with someone else. It's, it's, and we've seen it happen, you know, doesn't always work out too good. Um, Pulido, you know, left Tigres to go to Olympiacos. Oh, my bravo. And, and yeah, and it's it's usually messy when you go about it like that. You get blacklisted um, but, from Mexico. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that whole high high price tag and all that. Yeah. I, I think he made a mistake there. Um I mean, career-wise, if he wanted to go to Europe, going to Chivas, I think that's where he, I don't know if he was pressured or whatnot, but that kind of killed his chances. We'll see what happens with uh, Orbelin Pineda. I don't know if he's renewed his contract with Cruz Azul, but it expires in December, and there was rumors about him going to Santa Vigo, so we'll see how it it goes down. Yeah, because he's one of the players that's had like a lot of, you know, a lot of teams want him. And I'm pretty sure he could have negotiated a really good contract already. <clears throat> and if he hasn't, it's because he he wants to make that move. And sometimes that's like it sacrifice. You know, again, you have to sacrifice just money. That's that's what it comes down to. Yeah, that's where it's more difficult for the Mexican player compared to like South Americans. South Americans are making peanuts. peanuts. So pretty much anything they get, it's already an improvement. Exactly. And the clubs, the clubs want to sell them because that's how they make money. That's just how. Mexico. That's just how those leagues are. Are that's how they make money. That's that's their business structure. And I I think like people on Reddit don't understand that that in Mexico it is a bubble. It's like such a unique league that they don't rely on exporting players to maintain, uh, you know, yeah. financial structure. They can sell within the league and- for more money and. And people don't understand that. And it's like, dude. Oh, and they're paying good too, Jaime. Um, just, and they're getting really paid quick. well. Exactly. That that kills some of the motivation because or, or some of the players will start a family. And so then if you start a family, now your priority is not, I'm going to go to Europe. Your priority is like, I'm going to put a house, you know, have three kids and uh, make sure they go to college and, you know, whatever, pay off the cuñadas bill um but that's that's sort of like 
the difference, you know, with some of the players are like, uh, I'm not doing none of that until I've consolidated in some some high mm-hmm. team. Yeah. A uh, bigger team, I should say. So looking forward to a third uh, match before we return to our regularly scheduled program of Liga Mekis. Uh, Mexico is going to go to San Salvador and they're going to play them on the road Wednesday, 7 p.m. And uh, I had an experience. I had a moment. That's uh, the reason why we are recording so late. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I went down to L.A. to cover Chivas. They had they took advantage of the friendly schedules uh, or the international break to have a two friendly scheduled uh, at the Bank of California. They played uh, Club Deportivo FAS. It was a nil-nil match. Not much commotion going on. I did get to see uh, Amaury Vergara and uh, Ricardo Pelaz. They were in attendance. I got some good photos of them. Uh, if you want to see some of the photos, go to soccerchronicle.com. You'll see them there. Um, but anyways, uh, man, they gave me a lot of love. Club Deportivo Fast. They they love the photos. They followed me on IG. And, you know, they, they just gave me, like, a lot of love. And I appreciate them now. So I... I Going into this match against El Salvador, you know, I'm like, all right, I don't, I don't, I don't hate them anymore because there used to be like that animosity, you know. I used to, I used to play competitive soccer, and uh, one of our best players, he was Salvadorian, and he would always talk shit. And he's like, you know, Fast would beat Chivas any day of the week, and all this stuff, and they kind of have like this, they kind of have this like chip on their shoulder because you know they get lumped in sometimes when people ask where they're from, like, oh, from El Salvador, oh, you're Mexican, you know, or they, you know. So I understand, you know, Central America, like in Mexico, there's a lot of animosity there. Uh, they ended up uh, losing to Costa Rica today, so El Salvador's not doing so well. Uh, how do you feel about Mexico's chances on the road in a very hostile environment? Do you think they can get away with the victory, or is it going to be a draw, or, or, or Tata's first defeat? Man, no, I don't, I don't, I don't see the defeat. I just don't think El Salvador is that strong. They've beaten Mexico before. To them, that's that's like a World Cup game. So they do go balls to the wall yeah. when they face Mex. They have been in them, but I think Mex, Mex is strong enough. They could they, they could do the draw or the win. Okay. Uh, yeah, I could see either or. Either, either result will be good. Yeah, you know, El Salvador, um, just it's just been bad. You know, they lost to Costa Rica. They lost to uh, – oh, they beat Panama on Thursday. Um, but for the most part. You know, it's just been defeats. Yeah, and that's they You know, there's they're always like restarting their program because uh, fun word of the day: investment. <laughs> this the their former directivos. They were. It seems like they were just taking the money and not putting any back. And we had a long time ago, Jaime, a few years back, we had this dude that covered the. Salvadorian uh, national team and he was telling us how because there was this big like protest and they were saying like they wouldn't even give you know like the Gatorade to the players <laughs> oh no like, shit yeah give, give them the powder stuff on the Niklu man Just oh my god fill that water, you know? yeah and, and FIFA I don't know if you remember FIFA almost disbanded them they had to send someone in there to like oversee the Federacion and they had been caught in corruption. A bunch of players had been, you know, uh, banned. So it's it's it was this Madroso over there, and there's they're like restarted recently their program. 
and they got the U.S. coach. There was a Salvadorian descent, um, Hugo Perez. I think he played with the U.S. '94 team, and or '94 or '90 or both. But he's their coach, and I mean that they're playing eliminatorias. That's that's pretty good because they've gone they've gone without even making it that far. So if if they're able to to maintain, I think they would be on track for the next one. Mm. For next one, and that's when and I'm gonna bring it up really quick because some people were hating on on my boy Tena because uh, <laughs> he's candidate for the Guatemala job. Oh yeah, and more like taking a step back, blah blah, more hate. And I'm like, look, man, if this dude takes a team to the World Cup. That's money for me. I want to see a World Cup where there's more than one Mexican coach. Uh, you know, I talked about how Colombianos were taking CONCACAF teams to the World Cup. I said, that should be Mexican coaches, you know. But, you know, got them cangrejos. <laughs> but I do think, 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 like, you know, so I'm thinking, okay, next, not this coming World Cup, but the one after 26, um, so what's going on? It's you're already gonna have the three hosts, so you don't have to compete against Mexico, U.S. or Canada, which are gonna be yeah, arguably gonna, the, the three. Help. Yeah, it's in this. There's gonna be three tickets. Three tickets. So. So yeah, so it's you, gonna yeah. be a pretty even playing field, you know, uh, in the least watch. <laughs> Qualifiers because Mexico won't be there, but uh, I would still watch just just for fun. It's I like mean, watching the undercut. they're going to expand it to forty eight teams and three spots from Coca Cola already. You know, they're free up. Man, it, you're going to have the likes of Nicaragua maybe have a chance, or you know, one of those Caribbean teams maybe get a chance. That's crazy. It's a great opportunity. Yeah, yeah, it is great, and so I mean, you know. Um, if Stena, you know, Stena, let's say, takes, takes the job and he, he could teach the Chapines how to kick the ball, <laughs> <laughs> we could very well be seeing, you know, uh, um, maybe at this point just one Mexican coach, just mm. seeing how there's almost none, none in Liga MX. There's like, what, one right now or two? What, coaches? Out of like the, yeah, Mexican coaches. Well, Michel Año for now, and then... <laughs> We have uh, Piojo. Well, there's, and, you could count two. Oh, Aguirre. That's right. There's and three. Aguirre. Mm-hmm. Three out of 18. Uh, I will give Tuca too, but Tuca's not going to. He probably won't be coaching selecciones yeah. uh, anytime soon. But there's like, what, four? Four in, our, in Mexico's own league. Only four coaches. Four, oh, four out of 18. Four out of 18. And the fun fact that we've talked about here, every World Cup winner has had a coach from that same country. Yeah. you've No foreigner, no outsider has coached a, a country to a, a title. And that's – I don't think that's ever going to change, man. It might, but I mean – Hey man, it's been a lot of years. There's I really be thought, to um, what's his name, the Brazilian coach? I thought he was going to do it with Portugal, but he didn't. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Felipe. Felipe, yeah. 
could have taken the Mex job. Uh, Mike <laughs> had flown him in. I know. No, he, he got flown in and they interviewed him. I don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. They went with La Volpe, but he mm. was candidate. Big Phil. Yeah. Yeah, so for all our listeners out there, uh, we decided to do a impromptu World Cup qualifying uh, dedicated podcast. But don't worry, we, we haven't forgot about the uh, the match week 11 that we didn't cover, uh, including uh, Chivas' defeat to Atlas, and then also all the shenanigans after the fact. And then also uh, some of the friendlies that happened um, while this international break happened. I have a lot to talk about with uh, Fast Chivas game and a lot to talk about the Cruz Azul uh, San Jose game. A lot of cheese man going on there. Um, all I want to say to like everybody that's listening or that will be listening to this episode is just stop being an idiot. If you go to a game, don't you know start participating in the violence because in the end, end everybody loses. Uh, Chivas were supposed to play uh, on Saturday against Le- Leon in San Jose. And they ended up having to do it behind closed doors because of the uh, the shenanigans that happened uh, in the San Jose Earthquakes game in, in Cruz Azul. There was a fan that sucker punched a player, and then there was a shooting after the game, and apparently there was violence. In the... What's up? I saw that sucker punch. It yeah. looked like a comedy movie. Some quick Cruz Azul guy with a with a blue demon mask. Yeah, there was a. Uh... There was there was violence in the Pumas America game friendly in in the Galaxy Stadium, and then there was obviously a a killing uh, not too long ago with like Philly and America. So it's like, oh, that's right. It was America, yeah. America, and America. Aguila and Aguila. I'm violence. just like, yo, just stop being idiots. And then we're going into this whole like leagues cup thing, and we're gonna have this like merger. And I'm like, I don't know if uh, people are too excited, uh, like not us, but like <laughs> Americans are too excited about. About hosting these matches, man. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on, dude. But that's a lot of violence. I don't, I don't recall. It's a yeah, just a, very violent. It's been a crazy, crazy times. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with this, the lockdown. I don't know what. Yeah, I think people I don't know just why they're, they're they, acting up. Yeah, they are. And it's such a shame because you know these are environments where like I knew people that were planning on bringing their families and it's like you can't bring your families to these games anymore it's just they're too violent shit might pop off and you know you don't want your <laughs> your kid to to see the, the the shit that goes down in these matches man it's it's pretty rough the player that jumped up and punched uh another i think a san jose player brought him down with a headlock yeah chris wondolowski <laughs> just headlocked him uh because the security failed to do their job if- if I was there, once they're done on the head, like I would have done, like a, you know, like lucha libre, I would have like done like a, <laughs> a knee drop or like a, like a macho man elbow drop, <laughs> <laughs> like three of them. Yeah. Just hey, you you enter the battlefield. It's fair game. <laughs> 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 the leg drop. Yeah, yeah. So everybody, don't worry. Tuesday we'll be back on. We'll we'll cover the rest that we didn't cover today. Um, but yeah, I want to appreciate everyone's support. Obviously, make sure to check uh, check out our our photos that we took, soccerchronicle.com. And um, yeah, do you have any closing thoughts before we wrap up three hundred five? Yes, uh, just just uh, keep in mind what happened with with the selection. You know, not not get so get caught up with some of these talking points because uh, you know one moment the team sucks and the next. All is well with the world. It's the end um, of the world. 
<laughs> yeah, and we started with both, you know, because people before the before the eliminatoria, people were were scared, you know, uh, of the U.S. Oh, look, look at all this young talent; they're leaving Mexico behind, blah blah. And then the, the eliminatoria starts, and then the U.S. does bad. Now these fans are celebrating. Then they manage to turn it around and and claim first spot, and then it goes to oh, Mexico sucks. <laughs> now they lose a game. Mexico's back on top, and it's like, hey, that's enough flip flopping there. Uh, just man, don't exaggerate things. The flip flopping yeah. between Thursday and today has been absolutely <laughs> insane. It's, it's too damn high. It's yeah, too it's- damn high, guys. Stop <laughs> it. Stop overreacting. Yeah, and keep in mind the World Cup is going to be a whole other tournament. Yeah, you know we. We saw um, the Mex team, the one that Piojo took over, how they were, how they struggled to qualify, you know, and that the one that needed help, uh, you know, because of the U.S. beating Panama, that, that, you know, when we saw Chicharro celebrating when uh, Mexico's getting their ass handed to them at Costa Rica, he's celebrating because he's sharing the result. And so you saw that team that was just not looking too good. And then they go to the World Cup, and it was like a whole different team. Completely different team. And, and that happens, you know. It's it's different tournaments. You could be hot. Again, you see Mexico won every game going into 78 World Cup. You know, Calificó Caminando. We're not even Caminando, sitting down. And then they go to 78, and they, they, they don't win a single game. Mm-hmm. So trying to use eliminatorias as a – you know, trying to go off of that to, to think, okay, you know, this is how the team should do. It's not, it's never, you know, it's never wise. It's not going to play out how you think it will. Yeah. Um, just checking the poll that we left on Twitter. 17 hours left to vote if you guys haven't voted already. Should Tata be fired from the Mexican I, I national no. team? I voted no, I'm- uh, we have a 39% yes and a 61% no. We've had quite a few votes, so go out there, let us know. <laughs> but uh, don't worry, guys. Relax. Mexico's got this. They haven't lost just yet. Nothing to worry about. Don't panic. Um, but yeah, hope. And even if they lose, even if they lose, <laughs> even if they lose, they're still good. They're still good. We'll they're, be good, guys. You know. it's not that serious everybody have a great night thank you guys so much for the love and support make sure to follow us on the cantina handle cantina mx underscore pod and hope everybody has a great night